so the the camera records the mics and uh also GarageBand records the mics. So I get two streams cool. just in case I need a match. So uh All right. Three, two, one. And we're live here with Josh Wilson, a longtime associate, friend, <laughs> pal. Um <laughs> A lot of a lot of mutual respect. At least I, I've um, always kind of looked up to you. I remember the first time we met each other in junior high school in the field house. You were already a, a regular Renaissance man. <laughs> Base, baseball, football, and you know what? I'll say this. Like I don't know if I ever said this to you, but like I know you gave all that up and kind of went music and theater and choir. And I had a lot of respect for you for doing that. Yeah, that was a because you were an athlete at the time. You were an athlete, man, um, and I looked up to you as an athlete first. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you lived in my grandma's neighborhood too. Yeah, and the sports are a big deal, especially in small towns. And some different things happen. I felt like it wasn't right for me anymore. And you know, maybe looking back, it, with wisdom I didn't have as a sixteen-year-old, I may have kept playing basketball, um, but. You know, well, I the mean, world moves on. I would say you and probably, just based off what, what I know about you, you probably felt way more fulfilled doing those other things. And I've told some people this recently. I didn't go to public school till eighth grade, and that's when I first met you. Um, and But I think I'd seen you around before then, but it's like the first time I ever talked to you. And, like, I'm, I'm in the counselor's mm-hmm. office signing up for classes, and they're like, I'm like, yeah, I want to play football. That's something I want to do. I want to do some organized sports. I've obviously never been able to do that because I've been homeschooled. And um, I also want to be in band. And and they're like, well, you can't do both. Yeah, and I hate that there's kind of that separation. Of yeah, like, they, they're like, you have to choose right now. Here, in the, here Make a choice. Like, do you want to think about it? Here's 30 seconds. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know why kids can't just have fun doing what they, is fun to them. And even in sports, there's a lot of specialization that goes on at a really early age. And that makes me sad for the kids who just can't have fun. Yeah, I know, right? Or like, uh, and I don't know if that was like why I bring that up is because I've, you're probably the only person I know that was uber talented at sports that like went on to be just as talented at theater, <laughs> at music. Because I mean, just a real quick fanboy plug on on your band in high school, which I went to see uh, a couple of shows. Uh, I mean, you, you know, like I was able to, you, you might not have done that if you would have stayed in organized sports. It, remember that show y'all did at the Marvin? Yeah, I do remember that. That was a sick show, man. That was man. a lot of fun, especially for kids our age in that town. It was a big deal. Well, and the quality of the show, the production, the lights, the sound, it was all pro. We did have the advantage of our guitarist dad was in like an actual band. April's Fool. Yes. Yeah. And so they had all this equipment that you wouldn't normally have as a bunch of kids. Yeah. And that kind of made it seem like a bigger deal than it was. I, I don't think I was any more talented or successful at music than anybody else. I think the advantage I had is that my parents were so supportive. Yeah. So growing up, it was sports, sports, sports. And that's just kind of like what they knew is like sports. So they supported me through sports. And then I was like, yeah, I really like music and um, theater and stuff. And they're like, weren't you all region choir? And yeah, they were just like relentlessly supportive of me no matter what. And I think, um, at a time in your life where you're really not sure of yourself and not sure of a lot of things, even though you act like you really are, um, that support from my parents is what really allowed me to just kind of like switch seemingly effortlessly from the outside 
to just like, oh, I'm just going to do this now. But just having that support of my parents is. Well, man, and I know that you you probably had your own internal conflicts. But at the time, me being an observer of of that situation and you kind of like transitioning into other things, I was just like, man, this guy hasn't figured out. Like well, that's you know from the outside, but that's like um, and, it was almost inspiring in a way. Well, and that's just a hundred percent the support of parents because as you just know that it doesn't, everything's gonna be fine. Like whatever happens, everything's gonna be fine. These people love me, they they support me, and it, it takes the pressure off in a way that frees you to just try to be good at something and have fun at it. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, uh, man, I'm very happy to uh, have you on the podcast. Hopefully we can uh, have you on other times as well. Uh, I'm sure we can bring up tons of things to talk about. I was thinking just um, we might should like do a little speed game of chess, show yeah. the world how I, fast that you can okay. beat me. Because well, we've never played a real life game of chess, so I'll true. just split this down. Do you want to just, just, just play a speed game or just let's play just as we speed, talk? Let's just do a speed okay. game and we'll That's just kind of... Um, have some I fun done with much it. Speed chess recently, but you know, you're one of the only people I've ever played speed chess with, and I figured we could um, mm-hmm. uh, play a long game the whole podcast. Or we could do a quick one at the beginning, and it's uh, it's a different game. I like it because it's a lot. Like I was saying, it's a lot like jujitsu to me because you have to just well, process what's going on so much faster. Well, you bring in the pressure of the clock because even sometimes if you're getting beat, if you've played faster, all of a sudden you can win on time, and so that's definitely a different strategy than. Just yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, at the end of the game, when there's a few pieces left on the mm-hmm. board. Uh, so, what, you want to do five minutes? Yeah, you want to? I think I actually have a. Um, Look at you! I think I have a like a like a proper chess timer. All right, let's do that. Let me. Uh, Fantastic. I, it's funny playing in front of a board. I know, just because you play, you play online a lot. Yeah, I play almost exclusively online. And. Man, uh, it's funny because like periodically you get into like an hour or two podcasts. This happened on the very last one I just uploaded. We're talking and we're like we're we're gonna about to plug this dude's YouTube channel, which he's got some Avit Brothers uh, mm-hmm. songs on there that have like ten, eleven thousand views on them. He's mm-hmm. got a records awesome video from every concert he goes to, and uh, we were like, and what we're we talking about? Yep. Uh, and I was like, hey, uh, this happens all the time. And then we finally remembered what we were talking about, and I was like, oh, we're talking about you. Okay, well, let's plug your channel. But uh, it was uh, it was funny because, man, that's how conversation goes, and I noticed that sort of thing happening more and more. Yeah, I recently talked uh, or played some college kid at the Penny Lane, Penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pen- uh, Penny, Penny University? Yes. Yeah. Excellent coffee shop. Yeah, I've been in there a few times. They're still doing karaoke and stuff. I don't know. My daughter does ballet and tap on Monday nights. Okay. And it's like right around the corner, and I love it. it I feel like I'm at my own house, but better. It's Yeah, just, and they're, it's a, they're a nonprofit, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I just know the lady that runs it's real sweet, real nice, real friendly. Yeah. Very I inviting. mean, that's, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. L- luckily, I have an arrangement with... Um, the, uh, and I'm going to have him on the podcast. The guy that owns uh, Midtown Coffee has got him, mm. Josiah. Uh, 
pretty pretty good uh, bass player from what I hear as well. We may jam together someday. But uh, he um, he's coming to the gym and stuff, so uh, that's where I got this uh, cold brew over here. Is that the nitro? It's not the nitro. Okay. Uh, cause he, and if you listen to this, Josiah, I need the nitro cold brew in this size. Right okay. It's, it's a size <laughs> I tried smaller. some of that nitro and it's. This makes it like a Guinness. It's very, yeah. A coffee flavored Guinness. It really Guinness. is. It's so intense. Yeah. But, uh, I, I really do like it. Um, and the cold brew, just the way it's made is so much more potent. I was big on espresso. I mean, okay. So real quick segue, um. I know because I, I remember uh, you coming into the coffee house a lot that I worked at when I was in high school and you were a senior. And yeah. You, and you would the, just. The, the first one that was where the Fox and the Fork is now. Yes. Like Dylan Egan. Yeah. Dude. Man, I miss that guy. Do you remember when we thought he was Stephen King for a while? Okay. So Hank. Hank's who we no, thought was yeah, Stephen Hank. King. Yeah. He yeah. told us yeah, that Hank. Dylan trolled us, man. Yes. Yeah. And he had that magazine. I'm still he, not sure that Hank's I, not. It could. I mean. I, it hasn't been proven that he's not. And he had that magazine. And it, this is like one of those stories that people like this is pre Google everything. So you can't just look up on your yeah. phone and be like, Oh, well, Stephen King's in Manchester right now at a book signing. Like, it's like, well, it does kind of look like it. it, it and does. then it's like, but then you don't want to look and you're just doing the thing. Like, and what Hank was like a, a super scientist too. He he had all this bio. He told me um, once a super sad story about his parents passing away and him like cutting his hand practically off with a scalpel in med school. I guess he went to med school or wow. grad school for mm. biology or, wow. or something, but he just like out of nowhere told me, he's like, yeah, my mom and dad died the same week. And then I was in, you know, doing some dissection with the scalpel and just, and I was like, wow. Oh, Hank. <laughs> But great, dude. It's just funny how you can convince yourself of almost anything, though. Yeah. Because I like Avril, was like Avril like Lavigne's a, really did a ten day period where I thought I knew Stephen King. So funny, yeah. Um, that is, uh, it's hilarious. Like we, um, there's a professor I had in high school that, uh, or uh, in college rather, that we um, we just knew he was a spy, and it's because he taught the class espionage. First day, he's like, greatest cover for a spy professor in a foreign university and i'm just like dude you don't even you, you don't even look like you're from here man right it was funny though yeah. uh i still thought he's one of my brown belts in jiu-jitsu and then now. if if you really were a spy the best way to cover it up would be to joke about it that's some like triple it's, agent stuff. yeah it's like four layers deep in inception yeah yeah a dream inside of a dream mm -hmm. on top of a dream yeah hilarious that movie still holds up it really does man um I need to rewatch it too. I was just saying somebody made a joke about it the other day and I, I don't watch it anymore, but periodically I'll watch an episode, but South Park did an episode on uh, inception. That was, that's kind of what I was riffing on. They're mm -hmm. like, it's a dream instead of a dream on yeah. top of a dream. See, I feel like some, I don't know what, if, I don't know if we're way off topic or what, and I don't know why I feel the need to defend this movie, <laughs> but somehow this narrative got going around that, well, all Ellen Page's character does is explain stuff that's going on. And I'm like, that's like every movie and book story, like and TV show. Someone has to say, here come the police officer. Like, yeah, it, it's such a complex idea. Like there has to be somebody saying, well, that yeah, this is what, how it works. And this is, this I actually, I, I like that. I mean, I, I get what they're saying. It's like an unorthodox approach to most people's view of storytelling, I guess. I just think it's one of those things that catches on on the internet 
and then people who never even heard the term exposition are now suddenly complaining about this character talking too much with its not real dial. I don't know. I just, as much as I love the internet, sometimes it's, it can be it's frustrating. A, it's a daunting place. Uh, you know, I mean, for the most part, with, with anything other than like Facebook, I never read comments of any kind. Like I've, I've already decided that on all my podcasts, I'm never going to read the comments. And, uh, did it, I think NPR turned off their comments, didn't they? Genius, genius I, move. For yeah, NPR. I don't know what the. I mean, all the comments are on Facebook, but even then, it's like you're not qualified. You're not qualified. I will say this, um, real quick for, um, because like right now, YouTube is all I've got going for the podcast. I've got it in my iTunes, but um, I hosted with Podbean last, mm. like uh, last night, and I'd be, I'd made an account there a couple weeks ago, but. Man, it is crazy out of all the top podcasting sites. I mean, because I was just up in there on whether to do a website, and I was playing around with Squarespace and getting my images the way I wanted. And um, like SoundCloud, they won't let me do three hours a month of uploads. Like a lot of these podcasting sites are like, I'm, I don't know how, we'll, how long we'll end up talking today, but I've done several that are over two hours, mm-hmm. and that's like a month worth on SoundCloud. And then you upgrade to the next package. You're like, now we give you six. But Podbean is giving um, unlimited audio storage for like like 100 bucks for the whole year or like oh, wow. $9 a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, uh, getting that, because it's automatic upload into Stitcher and iTunes. So, nice. Yeah. Um, like that's where – see, like Stitcher and iTunes are different in that I have to have this like intermediary host – to get an RSS feed. So I, yeah. that's the thing people can subscribe to and it'll, it'll be good, but I doubt I'll end up doing a website in the near future. I've got all these evolutions of this thing planned. Mm-hmm. Like that wall is going to be different next time you're here. Yeah. For sure. Websites are, um, hard. I have four right now, really? man. And I, I like, I, we're actually consolidating into two. So, but one's a member site that's log in. And man, I've thought about like I got a lot of like privy information on there in my view for like our kit boxers and jujitsu people, but I've thought about just making it all open instead of having people log into mm-hmm. it. You know? That's interesting. Yeah, well let's get going to this chess right, game, man. <clears throat> I flipped it flipped it around. Guess guess goes first with the okay. white. Okay. All right. So I'm actually not sure of the rule. I think I have to hit this. Oh, okay, I did it backwards. So you're gonna start the clock for me, I think. Okay, so I hit here or there? Yeah, you hit here. Okay. Okay, oh, okay gotcha. Just gonna... All right. Oops, don't forget to... Um... Oh, yeah, 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 I got okay, you. So I got... Okay, man, we're legit. Right, we got the yeah. thing. I feel like the movie Little Giants right now, the annexation of Puerto Rico. This is I'm lost already. Yeah, I know. It, looking at the board is different, you know. And I noticed that when we were playing, um, when we were playing online, looking at the looking at the board online is different. I don't know. It's just like mm-hmm. I perceive their this moves is, a little differently. King, right? Correct. Oops. Sorry. Don't forget to do this. I'm gonna move yeah. it down for you. Okay. Okay. We'll figure it out. Good times, man. When I got this chessboard, I was like, "Oh, I gotta have Josh on the podcast." Your name was like, I, like before I even started this, I made a list of a hundred people I wanted to have on the podcast. I just heard this on Joe Rogan the other day. Have you heard that? Um, 
humans can only store perhaps up to 150 names at a time in their brain. I believe that. I, I do too. So terrible with names. I just met someone the the other day at the solar ribbon cutting thing in Clarksville. Yeah, how was that? That's was, uh, interesting. It was cool. It was great. I met and I was determined to memorize this girl's name, and I think it's either Courtney or Jessica. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been doing that. Like I'm teaching that uh, Western Civ class in uh, Moralton now, and I've been trying to memorize. We have 32 students, and they don't all come to class at the same time, so it's kind of difficult. To yeah, how has teaching been going? It's great, man. I actually love it. Like it's pretty. It, like this, like I told Corey this when I was, because uh, I got the podcast and the teaching job going kind of around the same time, and um, they both just, I feel like, level me out, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I, I get, I feel more fulfilled as a person getting to getting to talk about things more. I just lectured on the Mongols for two days, and I started really? talking about America's pre-Columbus and Europe. So what's the class you're doing? Western Civ two. so that's like... Um, Oh man! You could say uh, fifteen hundred yeah. to present, roughly. Okay. One of my favorite classes was history of Western Civ, and the professor. I think it was like the only year he even <laughs> taught. It was like he was in between jobs. Yeah. See, this is the only class I teach, so I'm able to put a little more into it, and I let the students interact with me a little more. And I was like, if I'm teaching mm -hmm. five classes next semester, it ain't gonna be this way. I'm I just... think it. Will, I think his name was Nick McClure. He was just so interesting. McClure. Just, yeah. Interesting. See, yeah, you're already better than me. You got 50 seconds ahead of me. That's where it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. Come to find out. So, yeah, I guess I already touched this, so I, I'm supposed to play. No, it. You, I'm, hey, you know, house rules, and you do whatever you want, bro. <laughs> you're the you're the guest. Okay. No, I, <clears throat> but back on the uh, coffee shop story, I remember one night, and I actually told somebody this story the other day. You coming in there and like trying to figure your life out, and I remember Ron Leonard told me it's like, yeah, Josh trying to figure his life out right now, and I was like. I thought this dude had it figured out, <laughs> and uh, but you were you were in there playing like um, like a Rolling Stone uh -huh. and twist and shout, and Dylan was losing his mind about how he's like, I'm gonna hustle, I, I want to hustle people that with your piano playing. <laughs> but I just I do remember you doing a rendition of Twist and Shout that was uh -huh. it blew my mind. Well, they had just like a Beatles fake book in there. Yeah, because Ron Leonard had the, mm -hmm. those fake book uh, yeah, businesses. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that All was right. my bad. We'll let this go a little longer so that you can get caught up. I, um, yeah, and I learned so much about music in there, just turning one page at a time in those fake books and like pretending to play. Fake you it, know, fake it till you fake make it. it. Yeah, and just it's like, okay, I'm gonna let this go a little longer. Okay, well, you go ahead, man. That's fine. Yeah, those fake books were interesting, and what an interesting thing to have a to be an entrepreneur of. Mm -hmm. That guy had a fascinating life story. What uh, is? I mean, he's still around. Yeah, I still see him. Uh, you know, because uh, mom and dad live over there by them. I see him walking around. Did, did I? Did I hit? Do I need to hit? Dang, oh man, I keep forgetting. Okay, All this, right, don't worry about it. I'll just try to win on checkmate, so we don't get. <laughs> I'll just try to annihilate you before the three minutes is up. <coughs> <coughs> Likely to happen. Excuse me. <coughs> Okay. Hmm. 
bishops are a little. They do look a here. lot like a yeah, pawn like with a little drop on top. Double check every time. They're not quite. They're not very much taller than the pawns. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. Right. Good. This is a cool board. This is the first game I played mm -hmm. on it, so I'm uh, pretty excited about it. I don't have a good. I found when I moved into my house in the shed, there was this really, really nice, like, bronze set. Nice. And I asked the guy that I bought the house from, like, did you mean to leave this or do you want it back? And he's like, oh, it looks really nice, but if you like chess, I'd rather you have it because I don't, I don't yeah, have it. I mean, I, I meet a lot of people with uh, decent boards that don't even know how to play, mm -hmm. per se. And minute twenty four left on my clock. So he was really cool about it, and he was like, "Hey, if you like chess, you just keep that." I've got a cool wooden set, but it's at a buddy of mine's house who I used to play with. But then he moved to Bentonville, so mm -hmm. I could get it back. But I have this now, which is way cooler than the wooden set. Well, so I ended up giving that to my brother in law when he got married, or when my sister in law got married. I gave it to her husband as like a wedding gift. Nice. So I only have a, just like a travel set right now, like a tournament, just like the little roll-up board. So we actually have a topic we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But this is the thing. Like you call a podcast something like Life Unraveled, you can get away with talking yeah, about anything and smart. everything. Uh, a lot of podcasts run out of material in like uh, – after like 10 weeks well and i try i've segregated some things out so like we do it like i do like a sports spot where like mm -hmm. all we talk about is that's smart. mma jiu-jitsu and stuff like that that way that doesn't come up too much on mm -hmm. the because man owning a martial arts school uh and doing mma judo jiu-jitsu boxing kickboxing it's uh it's easy to uh lean on those topics a little bit it's just because it's daily life for me <laughs> okay, it's getting serious now. All right, yeah, 51 seconds to minute 14. But, uh, you know, and I, I just did my first music unraveled on uh, mm -hmm. Todd Snyder. Have you ever uh, listened to Todd Snyder? Mm -mm. He is a storyteller, man. Um, like, I would put him right up in there in a category with, like, Dylan. Wow. As a matter of fact, he did a cover of um, Mr. Bojangles. It was super legit. I was a big fan of it. <clears throat> 27 seconds on my clock. Mm -hmm. Check. Dang it. I do like the concept of the speed chess, though, mm -hmm. simply because it forces you to act almost without thinking. You're, you're blocked here. Right, jiu-jitsu. Oh, my bad, my bad. Sorry. Yes. Okay. It forces you to uh, think about jiu-jitsu a lot more um, when you're not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. You just kind of react. Um, 
Collective speech. That's a fascinating idea. Like you were really, pro- pro- I knew it existed and I've yeah. seen people play it, but you're the well, first person I It's fun because it just forces you into like, just play. You can, you can analyze your mistakes later. Just play a bunch of chess. It is totally different too. Check. And. Can I take that? Uh, I'm out of time. Protected here. I'm out of time. Yeah. I think it was checkmate. Yeah. I think you're right. Boom, boom. Dude. Hmm. Good job. All right. That's fun. That Excellent, man. Fun. I was looking forward to it. I was going to hit you up and see and if see, you wanted to play This again. is the problem with playing online. I don't even know. I'm not even sure because the computer won't let you make illegal moves. So if something I happens, know, right? Yeah. So like um, – Well, what is the rule? I was going to ask you this where you can use a pawn to attack sideways. You can only um, do that in a certain okay, so situation. It's like it's called in passant or like passing, in passing, I think. And so like if you have – uh, you can only do it to another pawn, mm-hmm. and so if uh, like if we're stacked here like this, and you move, or if I'm like this, and then I, this is how it goes. Okay, if I take my first move double, yes, past your protected square, you have the option to say no. I, I want to go ahead and take that. Or wait, is this a bishop? Sorry. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So that, I, I had to so, yeah. check that several times. So like if I move past your protected square, you can say, no, I have that square protected, so I'm going to go ahead and capture there. Yeah. So I like uh, I love that move. Well, see, playing the computer is mm-hmm. how I started charting it because if um, it came up a couple of times, I'm like, or mm-hmm. I would accidentally do it. Just playing around on the board, oh, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, what? I, how was That's I able funny. to attack sideways? I wasn't even uh-huh. charting it, and then I Googled it." Yeah, um, my anyway. friend Christopher Ward, who we all call Critter, hates that move. Yeah, because I get uh, I get him on it every time. Man, yeah, good times, bro. Oh, my heart's beating fast. I when I played that that college kid at the the coffee shop. I, I got done and I was like, oh, <laughs> you're sweaty for a few seconds. I had to like go like excuse myself for a minute, and um, yeah, because I don't play face to face with people that often. Yeah, yeah. And well, then, like what a cool like as soon as this uh, buddy of mine gave me this, he's actually he recorded some of the music um, that I'm uh, in the process of getting edited for the uh, intros and different things. That's something I got going on in the background. I'm excited to. Uh, logo so yeah, you can't use any sort of. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, YouTube I mean, I is getting stricter it. and stricter. It. Yeah, it makes sense. I just we'll see what's good about like the music unraveled. Um, I saw Drive by Truckers a few months ago, and we're doing a, a Drive by Truckers unraveled today. But all of the images and all the videos we have that I'll edit in, um, we own. Okay, so you yeah. know, like we were there, we took them on our phone. Yeah. So, and on the audio, like I usually just I've been linking the or, uh, sorry the videos from like uh that he like my buddy michael he recorded uh we just link it up in the description so it's not but i could play the video but uh you know like i get it i i hear the downside of like spotify and things like that and how much people are getting paid and and artists or that that's just like a major part of their narrative and i mean that's why uh if i understand it correctly tool is not on spotify really i heard that they're gonna get on uh that they're going to be put on spotify soon perhaps a perfect circle and um 
Pussifer, uh, Maynard's other bands are on there, but Tool is not. Zeppelin wasn't for a long time. The Beatles weren't for a long time. It yeah. has to do with royalties, payouts. I, I understand if you're a bigger band like that, how it affects you. Yeah, well, I mean, just name some of the biggest bands of all time. A lot of people say Tool is the Led Zeppelin, one of the Zeppelins of our generation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I just, I think most of it though is like you're getting pennies for plays that you wouldn't be getting otherwise. Like it, I, I found so many bands. It's diversification. Yeah. Through I was on Spotify. I switched to Apple Music recently after one of their updates, just because it's built into I. I'm not trying to turn this into Apple versus Spotify. I love Spotify. I think it's great. I've just been in iTunes for so long that it knows my listening history for so long. I have like a hundred playlists in it. So it made sense for me to switch back anyway, but it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. And it's like, you may also like such and such. And it's like, I've never heard of that, but I, you're right. I do like that. That's one thing I really enjoyed. I don't do Pandora anymore, but we did for a long time. Mm -hmm. We actually did the paid at the gym. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it would like, you know, we would like a certain station or, and then next thing you know, F you, I won't do what you tell me by rage against the machine is playing during kids class. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, But we would get, because we were on paid, it wasn't edited. Mm-hmm. And um, then it too, it would just skip around periodically. Like we'd be listening to like, you know, rock, a rock station, and then yeah. thinking, you know, like "Hurt" by Johnny Cash comes on. See, I almost them. felt like Pandora was too smart. Like yeah. it, the over time, the algorithm became like so narrow. I agree that I got like skip. You got. Tea. I got like I got like scared to skip. I don't know what the word for that is, but like I'd be like, well. I like this song. It's almost like listening to the actual radio. But the moment's not right. So I want to skip it, but I don't want it to think that I don't like this song because I do like this song and I really like this band. So I wanted to know I like this band. So it's like... Well, remember when I was on Unpaid, you only got a certain number of skips. Oh, so you had to to ration them. Yeah. Man, that was a bummer. Like, And then I want to say that, because I did a lot of skipping around too. Yeah, I'm I'm too much of a music snob though for... um, Spotify. I'm like, no, I have a playlist. I made it. I put it in an order. Do not shuffle it. It's in the right order. Nice. So just start at the top. It's very careful. We do that for the gym. Yeah. Um, so it it's definitely a great business model because most people don't care that much. What do you think about this? What do you think about the argument that for bands that are anti? So like, guess who's one of the anti people against Spotify? James Hetfield from Metallica, of course. Well. Uh, it makes total sense. But what do you think about this? So they get paid like point zero 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 yeah. nine cents. Depending on the band, I think that's negotiable. But um, they're saying that because services like this are available and like if you have a Spotify playlist and it's super awesome, even if I don't pay and you do, or even if neither one of us does, I can subscribe to your playlist. So what they're saying is their their whole database and archive of music is available therefore no one's going to buy their albums therefore right. C- therefore album sales whether it's vinyl cd or cassettes or whatever kids have brought back into retro fashion these days because yeah. records are at every show i go to now i know i like that's why i got the record player across all um i don't know i have mixed feelings on it because i i understand what they're saying as an artist though again it's 2018 well, yeah, I think the world just moves on. It's, digital, you gotta, it's the digital era. I, mean, I don't I, even have cable anymore. I think Taylor Swift figured it out, and she's making a lot of money. But she's—I mean, everyone wants everyone wants her music. Versus, if you're kind of like a more unknown band, it's kind of like I think you're getting a lot of 
you're get, people are listening to your music and paying you a little bit where they normally wouldn't be listening to your music at all. Correct. It raises awareness. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, as a writer, I don't want to give my stuff away. Well, it's not like they're just, uh, I guess their argument is no different than like the Wild West Napster days because yeah. um, they can't, uh, like, whereas iTunes, you have to buy the song or buy the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spotify, you pay the monthly and you get unlimited Same listens. Therefore, you never will buy. I, I've haven't, I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't bought anything since no. I. Well, we, for like I add a demo lot of stuff team to my and stuff, library. we've mixed some things. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. <laughs> but it's just, yeah. I, I am sympathetic to it, and I also do it. So I, I'm sympathetic to them. I understand them, especially if, like, if you're somebody that's been in the music industry for a long time, you've had like this 20 year career, career where it worked one way. Yes, exactly. And now it's like, well, it doesn't work. Well, that way I've been anymore. thinking about. It's so like I submitted to get on Spotify for the podcast, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard anything back. And apparently, it's somewhat more difficult to get your podcast on Spotify. But for podcasting, it seems different in terms of like, well, this is the way that it's done. Right. Whereas there wasn't a preceding way like you just mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I've had people tell me, well, you should just make your own website and put all your short stories on there for free. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I already don't get any money for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why do all that work and still not get any money for them? So tell me, tell me, how long, how long have you been writing short stories? Well, not I. I loved writing in high school. I had an amazing set of literature slash English teachers that really encouraged me. Who, who did you have? Um, so I had the full high school, like the dream team of Fikes. Oh, Martin, Miss Bikes. You see, Martin was gone, and I got replaced with Coslet, who was okay. So awesome. I didn't know her, but I yeah. So then to Miss Thompson, mm-hmm. and then Miss Ussery. So that's like the the complete dream the team spectrum. of English teachers. I had a great time. They were super class. encouraging. It was also challenging, you know. That was a challenging class. Um, and they just like they wouldn't let me BS my way through stuff, and they're yeah. like Josh. I, I think you're smarter than this. I think you can. I think you can turn in a better paper than this. I, you know, and they really encouraged me. And I would write. I wrote for the newspaper in college, which there's no. I mean, just volunteering, you're qualified yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. And I would occasionally write a thing here or there that like really stuck out to me. And then I ran into. Eli Craner at my cousin's wedding. Is that who you mentioned to me as published yeah. lives here in Russellville? I, yeah. add, I think I added him on Facebook, but mm-hmm. I need a. Uh, did you mention anything to him? Uh, no. Dude, we could do a, we could do a double with both of you guys. He, I mean, I mean, he's in a stratosphere. He's like a hero of mine. So I bet he it, would feel comfortable if you were here because I don't yeah. know. I don't know who yeah. he is. Um, but he had, he had been writing a bunch and had at that time several short stories published and was working on a novel and we were just at like the you know wedding receptions are so weird like it you know my wife's a wedding photographer so she's all about the wedding industry but it's a it's a strange environment like all these people here no one really knows everyone yeah yeah, yeah. but we all know these two people so we're kind of like partying we're kind of having a good time but it's like props on that blazer you wore to my wedding reception by the way that i love that blue blazer 
I yeah. got I got that at a friend's wedding. That's like my wedding blazer. Man, um, I've just been for the first time really in my life purchasing clothes of that nature because like like right now I'm wearing sweatpants and a gym mm-hmm. shirt. This That's is, a good life though. That it really it is, is it, but it kind of feels good to like I've been doing this for about ten years now, mm-hmm. so I'm like I've been coming out of the sweatpants and putting on slacks. Like um, yeah, I actually just scored some serious. I got two two pairs of corduroy, one or burgundy. I love corduroy. Excellent. Pants. I I haven't worn corduroys in a long time, but they're, they're very kinda, comfortable. They're kind of stretchy. Yeah. Well, the new jeans kind of have a little spandex in them too. Yeah. See, so I got I scored some old navy pants, and they were like seventy five percent off, man. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like a skinnier fit. Yeah. I mean, they're great professor pants. Yeah, that's that corduroy and a blazer is hundred percent professor. Well, and I got a velvet uh, blazer. It was actually draped over that chair right before you got here, and I hung it in this closet. This is my professor wardrobe okay. closet over yeah. here. Well, the, my wife loves it when I wear dress clothes, so I that's like my big incentive to keep dress clothes is because I, I don't I'm like I'm still me and she's like yeah but you look great in that blazer I'm like all right fine like yeah yeah I'm, yeah I'm enough of a pragmatist to just be like okay that's that's okay so I would say like based off my memory you didn't tr- dress too traditional and um in no, our I, in our high school days that's either. true I was a huge clothes horse when I was younger and I always wanted to be flamboyant outrageous clothes and I I don't know when I I think just having kids at some point, I'm just like, if I can eliminate 15 minutes out of my morning of choosing what to wear, I'm just going to do that. Yeah. So I just kind of slowly transition to, I have about 15 solid color t-shirts and three pairs of jeans. I never think, I don't even consider what I'm going to wear ever. See now, like I went from having like not enough slacks Mm -hmm. to like 14 pair. It does get, I... I got, I think I got two pairs of shoes for Christmas, and it like the bug bit me again. I'm like, oh man, mm. I need like, man, I had a pair of my Vans on the porch the other day, mm-hmm. and a dog took them. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't. That's one more reason. Cora was not happy because then the other, then she forgot about it because I, I kind of got in trouble about mm-hmm. it, and she forgot about it, and she's like, "Where are your gray Vans?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." So well. she was, she she really liked those shoes. She was not happy. Yeah. So. I, I did have that same blue blazer on, I think, at my cousin's wedding. And I ran into Eli, just catching up, you know. Uh, and I, I don't want to tell his story for him, so you can have him on. He can tell his story. But Definitely. he's like, yeah, I, I'm riding a ton now. I've been I've been published. So I, I just thought that was the most amazing thing. Is this what, is he, is he a full-time writer? No, he's a, he's a teacher. It, was he a teacher at Tech or high school? At high school. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I, I, to be published didn't seem possible to me before. I never really thought about it. I just, you know, I, and I'd submitted some things to like the New Yorker as like a joke, just to kind of say I had, cause you get like a sorry, not sorry letter back no matter what. And so, uh, but, but to like know someone that was published, I just thought that was the most amazing thing. It is. I, I'm always, uh, one of my mentors, a guy I mentioned, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Brown Belt earlier, uh, that he was one of my professors, the espionage spy guy. He's um, a, a, about to publish his third book, yeah, Pacification and Nation Building in Vietnam. That sounds like an interesting book. It does. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping I get to read uh, his manuscript. Mm-hmm. He told me that he would see about getting me a copy. But he's written two other books I have on my shelf in here that yeah. are, I use them for lecture material. And I just thought that – and so I was kind of like, you know, 
fawning over him a little bit. And he, he's kind of a demure type of guy. And uh, he's like, dude, just start writing. Just, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, like with all the normal excuses, you probably hear him at the gym. Just like the standard thing. Like, I don't have time. I don't, it's a confidence I thing, I don't man. know what to do. I don't, and he's like, he's like, just write. I don't know how to podcast, but yeah. here, here we are podcasting. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what you write. You just got to write. You got to you got to decide that you actually want to do it, and it, it's a discipline, just like running, or uh, you know whatever your hobby is, woodworking, or going to the gym. He's like, you just got to do it. You got to do it a bunch, and eventually you'll write something and you'll get done, and you'll say, "That's pretty good." I mean, it's you know, I always struggled with writing. Um lyrics over the past Mm -hmm. because like and two a little bit on just like guitar parts and music like i i have this issue with music with it never being i'm never satisfied yeah i'm not i'm less that way in like martial arts but still a little bit the same there is that aspect of it and you it is a confidence thing because like i wrote a bunch of poetry when i was a teenager and it's all just absurd now like i still have all my Books and it's in it's years, hilarious. Going to be like it's Josh like, Wilson's it's sonnets. So funny, yeah. But you know, but you're kind of in a mental state at 17 where you just kind of let that pour out of you. Yeah. Um, and then you know you kind of get older and you kind of learn how to act and you learn how to shake hands and you know be polite and stuff. And that's kind of like a wall that you have to not stand behind, and you just have to say, I'm just going to write and write and write and write. And so I started doing it. I started waking up early before the kids were up and you know just writing a bunch of stuff and a lot of the it, it's not any good and then it just like slowly gets better Refined. it's like training you know you just that you can't fake training yeah and it's it's not that i didn't know how to write so to speak but you still have to practice it and practice it and then there's a book that gets referenced a lot by stephen king called on writing and it's just his manifesto about the craft of writing and Eli told me to read that. I did. And just I'm going to look writing. into that because I've, I've tried to find, I mean, you know, it's like the classic, uh, uh, for dummies book type of a deal. It's like, where do you, where do you actually find a good, um, book that is exactly. gonna, Hey, here's how you can hone your writing skills without going to, uh, like, uh, the guy I had on last Friday, uh, that did the Todd Snyder review with me. We went to that concert together. He teaches creative writing. He's an English professor. Really? So, uh, and I, that is a course that sadly I didn't, I never got to take, and I always wanted to take it. And the guy who taught it at Tech is a published um, author. You might look into him. He's he's a pretty eccentric guy. His name's uh, Dr. Michael K. Ritchie, Michael Carl Ritchie. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's retired now. But there's some of my uh, some of my professors that are retired that I want to have on like my former philosophy professor. I saw him at the coffee shop the other day. He's like, Brian, yeah. if I can ever do anything, let, let me know. I'm like, I'm sending your wife a Facebook message. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, on Facebook, you should have, um, you have miss Thompson on and miss, uh, I haven't talked to her in forever. Yeah, well, she's still teaching at Clarkson. No, she's a principal. They're both principals. Oh. Miss Martin, who is, um, I can't think of her last name now. Um, but yeah, they're both like principals. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like the dream team because they're like both like they're like yeah, way up on the upside she, uh, of their career, and I it just all happened to line up where I got like that perfect four of them right in a row. See, Ushery retired mm-hmm. um, after my senior year. 
if I'm really? not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And I saw her at Arby's and I hadn't seen her since. Mm-hmm. I, I run in them from time to time. Yeah. If I was around Clarksville more, I'm sure yeah. I would. Uh, but she, she was such a nice lady and I was super interested. Uh, you know, you know how it gets when you're a senior. And I mean, I'm still, I think we're both still young enough to remember this, but like, the senioritis is a thing. Like oh, yeah. I was into, I got strep and mono my senior year. So I was always just like sleeping on the table and stuff. And you, you're just, you're dis. I don't know, kind of like disenfranchised. Kind of like I, I felt yeah. all the time when I was a senior, like when you would come into the coffee house on like a Monday night. That's funny. Like I would just like, you would come in and you looked so sad. Well, you just get to that. It's like you've, your whole life has been about going to school and then it's kind of like you can kind of see the finish line, and it's kind of like, why did I do that? Like, Dude, when I was watching it's a very you kinda, existential moment, kind of go through that, and then Ron was just like, yeah, he's trying to figure out what's next, you know, where he's going to go to school. That's and, so dramatic. And stuff it like seems this. so dramatic You now. would be like sloped like on the couch like this, just like. Oh, gosh. You could tell you were just in deep thought, and I'm like, Shit, is this what I'm in for? Oh, it's so funny because like my life could not have been more perfect up until that point. Well, like, I mean, like, just to start, like, really, I wanted to bring this up of me, like, looking at you all the way to that point, and then I'm like, this dude doesn't have to figure it out anymore. Like, well, when that's kind of what you're figuring out is that no one, there's nothing to figure out. Like, no one has anything figured out, and you're like, I was going to achieve, I, I graduated, and I'm going to go to college. But then you just kind of, like, look around, and it's like, okay. Were you at that time considering, like, was there ever a thought where you thought about doing music more seriously? I didn't. I I never really thought about doing like like trying to move to Nashville or trying to I just I had seen enough older people than me like kind of chase that breeze for a while. Yeah. And I similar with sports where I was just like it's been fun. I I love it. I'm going to I'm always going to play music. I'm always going to have a guitar by my couch. I'm always going to go play pickup basketball on Sunday afternoon if someone wants to go. But I don't think it's I, life. Yeah. It's a part of life. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and that's, what's been so interesting about writing. And that's one of the things Eli told me is, um, he's like, you don't have to give up your life to do this. Like just be disciplined about it. So do you have like a certain amount of time you shoot for? Cause I've heard, um, I've heard I had a stand up comic on. He's saying some of the things like you gotta write, you gotta write. Mm-hmm. I'm always writing, always refining. I've heard other people say that. But um Jeff Woods, uh, uh, a history professor that that's the books, he is um he he's like you, he gets up. He, his kids are a little older now, uh, teenage and one just graduated high school, but five, six, seven years ago he's told me the same thing. He gets up and at that time when nobody's around and he plays guitar too, but like just, you know, started off later in life and um he has a certain amount like 30 minutes he dedicates every day to playing the guitar and like 30 minutes to an hour a certain amount of time he does writing it's like that will happen right because he it's just like just like he's going to come to noon class and train jujitsu it will happen right and it's just a decision that eli encouraged me to make of i'm you know because i probably watched I mean, I could name the number of TV shows that I've seen beginning to end on Netflix or Hulu or HBO. So the hours are in the day. 
precisely. You know? Like when when I start talking about game, like all like I mean, I watch so much. I had to start a sub podcast to talk about that of of what. But just like okay, so Cor and I did seasons one through four review of Black Mirror. Okay. We're doing a review of Godless and uh, Dark. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen Dark, it's like adult Stranger Things. It's okay. Teenage and adult, and it's got this time travel element. I love time it, travel. It's only one season right now. Okay. It well, and it's two. It's this black hole, thirty-three years. It's like three different timelines. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Westworld, Game of Thrones. I just like uh, like I, we watched King Arthur with Charlie Hunman, mm -hmm. uh, Brandon Motley. One of my guys came over, reviewed all the seasons of Sun Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, so it's just like stuff that we like. It's like, well, let's just have a big conversation about that, right? And so I do love that, and it's like as much as I could like blame it on my kids or I don't have time or work. It's like I live a pretty good life. There's time, like there's there are. The, there is the hours in the day. Maybe I don't need to be have seen every episode of Murder She Wrote twice. Nice drop. <laughs> is <laughs> like, that a true story? Uh, yeah, I've got very I got, nice. I, I actually one and a half. I've been like I got really into that for a while. I don't. It's just one of those weird things that you just. It just became a habit of like I was in between shows or whatever, and I was like, oh, Murder She Wrote. I remember that okay. when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. What's the actress's name that's in Angela that? Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, so it just became a habit. I would just turn it on. And then I discovered this internet theory that was saying that she's actually like a serial killer. Wow. And so, because you think of like, who do you know that's personally been around like 400 murders? Dexter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and so it's like, She's actually like the serial killer that then blackmails somebody else into like confessing to it. Yeah. And so that just became a really fascinating thing to try to watch. And then. Did you ever get into X Files? Love X Files. Oh, man. Yeah. So I haven't seen because I don't, uh, which I think I can watch it on Hulu because um, I don't have, I just stream everything. Uh, yeah. But there's a new season that just started, right? I heard that. Yeah. So they, they brought, brought Scully and um, Mulder. Uh, yeah. Mulder. Duchovny, my man, mm -hmm. which looks totally different these days, but still looks good. Uh, they brought uh, they brought them back, and they did like a little six episode run or something yeah. a couple years ago. I remember that. So good, man. I, I got I into it. Here, here's that. what's good to do: go on, go on like Wikipedia or somewhere, and pull that because I mean you can get on Netflix and just like go right down or whatever the list of just the um, alien plot line and just okay. just like I mean. I like the monsters of the week. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but there's a there's a larger the plot within the show. Mm -hmm. The first time I watched it, I watched it all within like five weeks because that's why there's time, man. Yeah, exactly. And then Aaron had gone out of town like to see her mom or something, and I watched it twice. And yeah, but I'm a fan. Me too, definitely. Um, but yeah. so yeah, there's definitely hours in the day, and then. Uh, you just start sending stuff in, get a lot of rejection letters. Mostly you get, there's like a form rejection letter. It's like a standardized, yeah. like auto and reply. It, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, thank you so much. It's not right for us right now or something. You know, it's very polite. And the first time I got one back, I'm like, oh, wow. And then I got like 15 more of them. And I'm like, oh, they're all like, they're all just copying and pasting the same letter. 
Um, so do do you feel like you, that you found a niche of things to write about? I mean, because you you you've been published, you you've been published more than once. Like I just I just the one time. Okay, yeah, so and this I'm is still recently? brand new. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, where um, so I did you sent me the link, and I'm gonna share it over in the description. Like, tell me a little bit. Like, was it your 150th submission? What? Tell me a little bit about what you got published by who? And uh, it was just a. It was a little story about a dad at the park, and if and anybody that has kids knows this world of at the park with your kids. It's just such a strange environment where there's a bunch of kids around. You can't really parent anyone else's kid. And then you don't know when to jump in. Like sometimes you're trying to just let them learn and sort it out on their own. And then other times you're like, okay, I got to break this up. But then I also can't parent any, I can't. You just got to deal with your kid. You can, I that. can only like correct my own kid or, um, and so it's, I take my kids to the park all the time. And there was two different things that happened, and I kind of like folded those into this one story. So you do it from a real, yeah. I mean, everything I write about is just my cousin or my sister or an old boss or like it's just, yeah. Which I mean, that that's a, that's great as a source of inspiration. Like I've I've thought a lot about that. It's like you take someone like a an L. Ron Hubbard, for example, mm -hmm. that they're just pulling it up out of their mind and made it up yeah. versus someone that's basing it loosely or exactly on real world experience in their own subjective reality. It's, mm -hmm. it's interesting to see someone that draws from their self versus yeah. that guy making and as everything. As much as up. I believe in fiction, there really is no fiction. Like everything is an example. And that's what I, that's what I love about fiction is that, it's a way to talk about the real world without having all the arguments. Yeah. So, because if you start talking about the real world, then everybody kind of has their spin on the facts and it's like, well, there weren't weapons of mass destruction and we didn't know and da da da. And this and like, and those people over there and they, you know, da, and it becomes this whole, like, well, my tribe says this about the facts and my tribe says that about the facts. So and, real so, quick, you're saying that you believe in a conspiracy. No, but there's no, 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 no. Cause I'm, I, cause that is an actual conspiracy. Right. So I'm saying that it's so easy to get bogged down it is. in that sort of thing. ancient aliens, all of it. Yeah. And so like, you can't have a discussion about the Iraq war or um, the cultural differences like all because very quickly and I'm trying very hard to not take a side or anything. Well, I, I mean, just I'm, as a historian, I, I feel exactly what you're laying down yes, because very quickly it's like, oh, I've got these six books that say this over here and I've got this that says this about. And so, but if you can talk like if you can talk about it, like Ender's Game, it's like a group of people going to attack a different race of being that they don't really understand and that operates in the universe a totally different way than they do. Did you watch that uh, movie Bright on Netflix? That's kind of the same deal. No. It's like humans live in this day Is and age Wilson society thing? with orcs and okay. elves. Interesting. And there's magic wands. I love it. I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I watched it, and I kind of fell asleep about an hour in, but I woke up and caught the end of it, and <laughs> I was like, man, I'm still into it. I yeah. missed, like, 45 minutes. So, but. yeah, instead of having, like, the argument about 
what actually happened or what should have happened. You can just have like a more philosophical discussion about Ender's world and the game. He didn't know what he was doing and like he was just a kid and the, the, we, uh, the, the humans misunderstood the buggers and like, and there's nothing to argue about. You can just talk about the, it's an open the, the principles of, is it okay to send kids and do stuff like that, that they don't understand. So that's what I love about fiction. And that's why I think storytelling is so great. And even just like, I don't think it ever gets more complicated than, you know, Pinocchio or the emperor's new clothes, because it's this, you know, with kids, it's hard to t say like, Hey, don't lie. But it's like, but why not? Cause a lot of times it gets me out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Like there's right? benefits here. Dad. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And it like lying, such a natural thing for a child to do. And, and it's hard to explain that. Well, when you lie, it affects other people. And then it like, and at some point you're going to really need me to trust you because something's going to be broken and you didn't do it, but it's really going to look like you did it. And I'm going to need be able to look you in the eye and say, did you break this? And you're going to need me to believe you when you say, no, I didn't. And I don't know what happened, but that's a complex thing for like a five-year-old to grasp. So there's like, how hey, old are your kids now? By the way, I'm a 10 year old and a four year old, wow. not quite four. He's almost four. Yeah. He's growing up then. Very I fast. haven't seen any picture of him recently, but like, um, when we, uh, back before Opal Mays closed and then reopened and it's mm -hmm. not as good as they once were, <laughs> But they're still good. I haven't been, I, I haven't made it to the new one. Um, they uh, I, he he came and ate lunch a couple that. of times, yeah. and he was just bouncing on your yeah. knee at the time. Yeah, he was just devouring carrots and so yeah, cutie. Yeah, but um, so it's like you telling the story about well, there was this puppet, and he wanted to be he wanted to be a real boy. He wanted to be like a big boy, but he kind of liked to lie, and every time he lied, his nose growed. Isn't that weird? Isn't that crazy? And so you don't have to have the like, yeah, I know you lied and you got out of the one thing and then that was okay. Like it's then the kid can like understand the difference between lying and how it affects other people or, and it's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that it's certainly. the same thing. And some things that are hard to understand, even as adults are hard to think about. Um, you know, even like, like Jesus told stories all the time. He's talking about, uh, you know, like the kingdom, he would say the kingdom of heaven is like, it, cause that's a hard thing that is like, is the afterlife, is there an afterlife? What happens after we die? Is it, and it, you know, does, does God love people or is like, why does God let bad things happen? And then he's like, yeah, it's hard to understand. It, it, it's kind of like, yeah. How if, do you get a mental, isn't yeah. it funny that I, while you're on that, I've been thinking about this recently, like how people develop a mental image yeah. of God is like a father time type right. character that is definitely almost always male and gender. Yeah. And so Jesus is like, it's kind of hard to think about, but it's kind of like as if a son ran away and then his parents still welcomed him back in, even though he didn't deserve it. That's how much God loves us. It's kind of like that. So that like he's not making like a an official like 
position on it. So you so it, like the parable of the prodigal son, do you think that's where Like yeah, he's just like telling a story. He's like he's like I just want you to think about how much God loves humans. It, it like you if you had a son that ran away, you you would be mad at him, wouldn't you? If if they wanted their inheritance and you're kind of like, yeah, man, that's I never crazy. even thought about that Jesus was uh doing parables as kind of a a metaphorical instead of hey, there's a, here's a story I know about. Yeah, so like he just starts making up these stories, and it helps you think about something in a different way. Yeah, for that, real. There's hard, always a lesson that's like hard to think about because like forgiveness is Mom, not a natural thing sorry. to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's not a natural thing to do, right? Yeah, um, but it's powerful if you can get to that place in your heart to release someone from what they deserve and they do deserve it. It doesn't mean that what they did wasn't bad. It was bad and they do deserve something to happen back to them. So that's uh, honestly like what, what you're um, putting this in context is totally different than I would have perceived. You know, you hear the word fiction. You're like, well, X-Files. Yeah. You know, like you're like, Oh, right. it's out there. We're in that the outer ring. limits, yeah. the twilight the zone. Yeah. That's, you know, almost like fantasy, but, um, versus practicality because what we're talking about is practicality it's like right. no one hears a metaphor or an analogy or uh, you know a comparison that is like a parable or something and is like oh well, that's i can't believe that it's fake yeah right and it's like you don't have to believe it i'm not saying it's real i'm saying if you're a tortoise and you're a hare even if you're the hare if you're lazy you're not going to win the race like i understand that as an eight-year-old, I understand. I understand that the hare's faster. He has the advantage, and he wasted it. Yeah. So just because I'm smart doesn't mean I can take it easy in class. Yeah. So do you feel like you're like uh, you, you get these different points of view on these things now that you're an adult going through these like shows and stuff with your kids versus when you oh, were yeah. a kid? It, well, and that's what's so brilliant about it is it's almost like an unconscious understanding of the principle that like I can articulate it in a way now that I couldn't have as a 10 year old, but it like, it's something clicks with you when you, when you, when you see that story or when, when that moment happens, it's almost like there's a hook mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Fascinating, man. Um, so what uh, did you? What was the title of your story? Where uh, where uh, could we check it out? Read so it's online. called the Park Rangers, which is like a pun. I love puns because it's like these two dads at the park, <laughs> and they're they're nice, kind of like nice. uh, you know they're kind of like trying to see who's in control of the playground. Very nice way to bring it into the real world. Uh, yeah, I I made that change last minute, like just before I hit send. I was like, eh. Let me change the name of this. So I, I think it worked out. I was kind of nervous that it was. It's a little I, I hokey. Like it. It's kind of hokey, but it's okay. Um, it's on a. It's on like a an online magazine called New Pop Lit. So it's just newpoplit.com. dot com. So it's like pop literature. Very nice. Did, did you, I mean, where did, like, when you go, I, was, I went to Books A Million the other day, and I almost bought a Bob Ross pop, but I didn't, and I regret it. Mm -hmm. Two different Those ones little, to choose from. Yeah, with the little square. I've got one at the gym. One I of actually my have the Bob Ross me. one. Penelope Jelly. has it. 
Yeah. One of my kids at the gym, she's been with us for like four or five years. She's only like 10 now. Uh-huh. So cute. And she dressed up as Bob Ross for Halloween. That is And like did beautiful. the little beard and yep. the afro. And like she loves to well, paint. It the was... pop, the Bob Ross pop, his afro from the top looks like an avocado. <laughs> so it would be in my cup holder <laughs> in my car. And I would think... Who left an avocado? Ew. Oh gosh! <laughs> so then we we started to call it Bobacado. There you go. I'm definitely gonna if I go back uh, and get more pants from Old Navy at 75 percent off. I'm definitely going back next door to get. If you the find Bob a Ross. pair of jeans that fit right, you get more of them. Yeah, that, dude, that these were the like these were less find. than ten dollars, bro. Mm-hmm. And then then completely unrelated incident i go to like tj maxx or ross or somewhere and score these corduroy pants for ten dollars and seven dollars like i've been waiting my whole life for these kind of pants deals i have a pair of jeans i buy the same ones like every 18 months i buy like two pairs of levi's forever but there's levi's are so expensive now man like i wait till they go on like clearance so i buy like the two years ago yeah, yeah, yeah. Version. So I'm like just now starting to get the stretchy spandex ones, even though they've been out for a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, these are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you, man. Um, well, how did you? So while I was in Books a Million, I'm like, I I I love writing as well, and I would um, I have goals. I mean, I wrote a hundred almost 150 page master's thesis, and I want to eventually get my PhD, and I'll have to do a dissertation if I do that. And my my goals for publication have to do more with academia and history mm-hmm. or martial arts uh, than fiction. But it's like I was in Books a Million and I'm looking around and I appreciate the heck out of the store. But Barnes and Nobles and Books a Million and places like that do to kind of like that. So the Spotify version of that. I know. You know, it's like it's like, well, is there even going to be a, like how, how do authors in today's day and age that are starting off like maybe yourself, maybe you're, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's not your goal, but how do they, I mean, you get distribution into these bookstores and actually make money without all your products sitting on the shelves and not selling. I don't I don't really know how any of that works. I haven't ever, I haven't, I'm kind of working on it. I think it might become a novel. I'm not sure. I couldn't even figure out how to get my podcast into iTunes until but like yesterday. I don't know enough about that whole thing. I know that Eli has a novel that has been kind of like chopped around and stuff, but I just, I try to just be supportive because I just think he's amazing. So I don't really, I don't really like, I try to keep from forcing him to teach me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I do think there is an appetite for good storytelling still. That is um, the guy I mentioned to you. um, And I might throw up a video before, um, after we get done, before you leave, this Todd Snyder, he is a storyteller. He is a folk. So he's like an Arlo Guthrie. Yeah. That's who, that's the only person that I've mm-hmm. heard a, a, a comparison drawn from that. Like he, uh, he had this deal and we told this on the podcast and I'm kind of paraphrasing. He, he does this cover of this land is your land, mm-hmm. but it's so good. And he's like, you know, those, Great song. you know, those signs that say no trespassing, and he's like, well, and on one side they say no trespassing, and on the other side, they don't say anything at all. And that side was made for you and me. Wow. Yeah, I mean, just that, That's and excellent. he did um, uh, this will, uh, I think it's this will be unbroken. That Johnny Cash, um, June Carter, like mm-hmm. an old gospel cover they yeah. did. So good, man. I just, I'm getting, I mean, goosebumps thinking about yeah. it. Like, I, I, 
I knew who he was. He's in another band called Hardworking Americans, and I was charting him, and my buddy went and saw him the weekend four in Little Rock and met him. Like, uh, we just put the podcast up today if you want to listen to it. It's probably one of the better ones. That, mm-hmm. Like, the first few, few we put out, the audio, we're still getting, yeah. even having done tests. And then the first couple, well, the videos really worked out. Like, I had Jerry Bruckheimer's nephew come over mm-hmm. and light this room for me. Great. He's going to be a guest as soon as um, as soon as he stops ducking me. <laughs> no, he's uh, I'm like, all right, I won't bring up this story or that story yeah. or your Uncle Jerry. Well, even in uh... – <laughs> Even in academia and, and nonfiction, it's still great when it's storytelling. Yeah. You know, that's what keeps it interesting. Like, I, I just read... that. I guarantee you, me as an audience member, that was just luring me in more. He, yeah. Every, between songs, he told all these stories, and then I, there's a video out there that, I wanna sh- that I'll probably show you. Um, the one that comes to mind I want to show everybody right now is him talking about Garth Brooks plagiarizing one of his songs. Wow. And how they um, – it's like you ever heard the Garth Brooks song, Beer Run? I don't, I don't well, think Well, he so. has a song called Beer Run, okay. and Todd Snyder had that song first. Really? And uh, it's a B-W-E-R-R-U-N, Beer Run. Okay. And he wrote it a long time ago, but there became this big dispute where Todd's the manager's like, hey, Garth Brooks and six other guys wrote this song called Beer Run. It's your song. They sound a lot alike, and I just wanted to bring it to your attention. He's like, man, do I have to come to town? Because I just... I just really want songwriting to be something that doesn't happen in town. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's, and he lives in Nashville. I to be a business. Yeah. I just want to write songs. Some other That's people funny. he's really um, close linked with is uh, Chris Stapleton, Sh- Shooter Jennings, um, Sturgill Simpson, like all these Sturgeon. people. And then my favorite band, Widespread Panic. Two of the members of Widespread Panic are in Hardworking Americans with Todd Snyder. Mm-hmm. So uh, just super unique dude and like really the first time i ever delved into his music was seeing him live play his set list and i was just like we had uh they put it's it you ever been to george's for a show george's majestic lounge no it's in fayetteville it's on dixon and they bring some quality stuff through there i've seen some drive-by truckers there todd snyder i saw the guitar player from widespread panic jimmy herring i bet you'd have some appreciation for this guy Panic. He he's he learned a three hundred song like the Panic's guitar player Michael Hauser died in '02, and he learned a three hundred song catalog of widespread Panic to be able to play all their covers, all their originals because Panic had been around since '87. Then, but before that, he played with the Dead. That's another three hundred song catalog. And how do you fit 600 wow. songs in your head? Yeah. I mean, like uh, thinking back to you flipping through the fake books, it's like, uh, even though you're like, but just to be able, you had to have some of those songs like lyrically, melodically somewhat. Well, yeah, that I could do any of the Beatles songs cause I had heard them. Yes. So but I, how many Beatles songs are there? I think like 180. Yeah. So that's impressive. Right. So maybe that that's like when things like that, mm-hmm. like, and I know you don't probably know every word to every song or you might, right. But um, well, the I 150 fake it if they're in front of me. Fake it to make yeah. it, man. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, Jimmy Herring. He came through and played it, and it was all instrumental thing. It's called the Invisible Whip, and he's widespread pains guitar player. So he's putting out solo albums too. You ever hear of a guy named Colonel Bruce Hampton? No. He's Jimmy Herring played guitar in a band with him for years and years and years before that. 
And this guy, in my view, and I said this recently, <laughs> and it's no offense to Eric Clapton, is the greatest living guitar player. Wow. Because and I, the excuse I use is Eric Clapton has done nothing in my lifetime that would lead me to appreciate him as the greatest living guitar player. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fair. I mean, he has done some stuff, but not yeah. like when I'm seeing him when he's like in the 70s with his yeah. long hair and his mustache with yeah. cream, being like, this little blues lick here is the one I like to play. Uh-huh. That's that's greatest yeah. guitar player Eric Clapton. Yeah. He is definitely a greatest living guitar player. But Jimmy Herring is touring and did two albums this summer. is is putting out albums with Widespread Panic and is played with all of these bands. Yeah. So um, I, I'm I definitely very love. Um, you know, we talked about music. This big the thing that I think might turn into a novel is all based on the Secret Sisters last album. Really? Yeah, so I listened to the Secret Sisters' newest album over and over, just so many times. I don't think since Coldplay's first album Very have nice. I listened to the same album so much. Hey, well, you, you should you should get a topic in order for a music unravel, man, because I, like, I would love to have you on to yeah. just talk about one of your favorite bands that would be or fun. an album. Like, mm -hmm. I think, didn't you say you and Aaron had... Um, recently gone through something uh with like bob dylan albums or maybe that was a couple years ago like where you would like maybe I, you'd listened to or reviewed or i don't know i don't know i can't remember but you, you're telling me that you'd done something with all, all of these different albums mm -hmm. or maybe you'd created a collage i don't know what it was but so anyway i listened to this secret system album like a hundred times and then i it finally just hit me this is one story like this is all like a concept album, but I don't think they meant for it to be. I think that's just what was going on in their life at the time. And so there's like definitely like the action rises. Plot there's arts. a very dramatic climax. And then you kind of, then they kind of like finish out. I'm like, I wonder if I could just fill in those gaps. I wonder if I could just like take, like just guess at what the circumstances were. And I don't, I obviously don't think I'm close. Like I don't, I'm not trying to actually know what went on in their life, but like, this is a fun story. I wonder if I could just like tell the whole story and I'm just going to make it up. So it's not going to be their story, but it's a fun thing to do. Well, I mean, uh, like, uh, you, are you a big fan of star Wars? Yes. So old canon or new canon? Exactly. Right. That's the same thing. People yeah. are rewriting it, not accepting, right. accepting it. There's a lot of I division. I, just i don't understand the value of trying to make star wars holy scripture <laughs> i know like, right i just just it just enjoy it well, it's I, so yeah, fun like the, the concept new movie's that so a fun. fan like yes. yourself right can do whatever they want right. tell take it, just make up fine. a story it's fine yeah i think i think there is a danger in saying that every back of the envelope comp comic strip that somebody sketched out counts as canon. Like, I don't think, you know, especially but it's, the it stuff on Netflix is new canon. Yeah. That's what a lot of people fun. are like. These cartoons on Netflix, they tell this story. Yeah. And then that continues here in this book, which just came out. Yeah. I think it's fine. Like just have fun. It's just fun. Yeah. I, I like consuming all of it. Cause I, being like, so the remastered 
trilogy of the right. first trilogy came out in like the later 90s early 2000s yeah. when i was a teenager like 13 mm-hmm. and stuff and i'm like oh man that's when i became a fan yeah but i i never had any problem with like oh so you put qui-gon jen at the end like big deal in return of the jedi like how they made the I know. Uh, well and what's funny is like you don't want you don't want creativity by committee you like you don't want Disney saying, "Oh, everybody's mad that they did this. Let's not do that anymore." Like, the, yeah. that's the exact thing that you don't want to happen. The com- so the, the guy wrote it. Yeah, he believed in it. He made the movie. He wanted. I, I think people just need to relax. Yeah, it's just. Well, do you think um, a lot of people are saying this? That like, uh, and I don't. I think the direct- director on like the, the Last Jedi did a, a great job. I did Ryan too. Wilson, um, Ryan Johnson. I yes. keep calling him my Ryan, last name. Ryan Wilson is that's the guy from the office, right? Yeah, that's, that's why I keep doing that. <laughs> I was like, why do I keep calling him my last name? Yeah. His last name is John well, you know, S O N at the end of the name. Johnson Wilson. Okay. I'm Wilson Johnson. Two last names. Uh yeah, I I didn't have a problem with it and I, I really enjoyed it. But some people are like, Well, Disney, they just have too much of a cookie cutter and even Joe Rogan was like, it's all, it's all of these like Asians and, and, and it's like, it's got to be, there has to be a certain percentage of ethnic minorities playing these main characters just to be politically. And I was like, I didn't feel that I way at all. I didn't notice it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I, I did not I notice it. I sat in that. the theater. I enjoyed my popcorn. I loved the movie. I came out. I was excited. And. Then I just started reading stuff on the internet. And I'm yeah, like, and then I got on Facebook and people were just crapping all over it. And I'm like, get over yourself, whatever. Oh, did you see the uh, the director just school people on Twitter the other day? Yes, that I was. I saw a epic. link to it. I saw a link to them. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I thought he did a good job, and I'm excited to see what J.J. Abrams does at the next one, for sure. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. Well, uh, so Park Rangers. Newpoplet.com, online mm-hmm. magazine. Anything else you want to plug on uh, on your short story, or sh- you got anything coming up, or you got some new pieces you submitted? I, I'm working. So the Secret System album, I'm going through and I'm writing one short story for each song. Interesting. And I think when it's done, it'll all work as like one long thing. But I am, as I go, submitting them, and I want them also to be standalone short stories you know i and i like for example we did that todd snyder podcast and i tagged todd snyder in it and if he shares it the podcast is gonna get a lot of views mm-hmm. uh likewise it's like that's one thing it's like with some of the stuff i'm doing i'm always going to like we do drive by truckers today i'm going to be posting that in groups and tagging them right. in it. and if they share it then it's it's really going to get the word out i would say likewise for um for what you're doing to your short stories especially if you're going to kind of like piggyback a narrative like that I, I, I that's a really creative idea it's kind of like an album review but yeah but I, I just i just love the secret sisters so much i just really do love this album I, i'm gonna have to uh, uh pull so you on put together a playlist or something more what's the name of that the album? album's called you don't own me anymore right on and so i'm trying to raise my daughter and i understand the world in a different way now watching a little girl grow up with a different perspective on the world than I had as a little boy. And then this album came out and it's called, you don't own me anymore. And it just, just the season of life I was in, it just really connected with me of like 
hey, you don't own her. She she's her own person. She doesn't have to do what you think a little girl or you know, and it just really connected with me. And one of the things from the Stephen King book is write what you know. And so it's like it's set in the South and it's about this thing that I'm really wrestling with internally and like having to change the like the way I think about things of like, wow, the world really was kind of set up for me as a man. I did have some I did have a few extra advantages. Yeah, I'm I, I'm fa- always fascinated to hear people talk about um, for I guess lack of a better because I I hate I kind of hate categorizing these things because I don't want to proliferate division but like gender equality or gender right. differences yeah and I know it's it's a very hot it's, button I issue know. right now yeah. it's like almost that's why this, I want to write a short story about it you, you, you're in the zeitgeist I, because I can tell yeah then we can talk about it that way instead of. I think that that plays too. It's like, I'm like, well, I already watched King Arthur. I might as well do a podcast on it because I'm yeah. inspired by it. I'm, yeah. I'm amped about it right now. And it's just like, it's, it's almost a historian in me too, because it's giving me a way to archive and record experiences as right. they were happening. Like, so you're speaking of concept albums, if that's loosely what you categorize the secret sisters as, were you big, did you ever get into Pink Floyd? Uh, I went through a brief Pink Floyd phase in college, which I think everyone does. Yeah. So, I, so I, I have gotten I'm, way into really? Floyd as an adult and saw Roger Waters in concert twice no in 2017. Kidding. And man, but then I got into the differences between Waters and Gilmer and Roger Waters concept album approach on like animals, mm-hmm. like the, the animals album. I'm fascinated by what he did with that. Yeah. Like, because really his tour and how he did his concert, which all the videos are online, but um, it is it, it is like a it was like a concept concert, which was all anti-Trump, by the way. And I like I, I, not taking any sides or, or but like it was a very politically charged right. and uh, if, to be having like I we saw him in Nashville and Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and again, I don't want to. I believe that he's sincere in what he was ranting about, but when you do it that way, it's so quickly people have people feel like they have to take sides. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, Neil Young went through the same thing. Yeah, because my you know because my cousin is in the is is on this part of it, and my uncle did this part of it. So like you have to kind of group up that way. But if you just tell a story. You could people could just hear the story and co- try to comprehend it, yeah, as fiction and not argue about the facts. Of See, it. that's funny. Like, cause like when Roger Waters out uh, when he wrote Animals, it's like songs like Dogs and Pigs and uh, three different ones. Those are all politically charged stories yeah. about the the political elite corrupting society and corrupt politicians yeah. and and I have very very strong political views but I've just found that it's very rarely helpful no, it doesn't to, foster to, any friendship to rant and rave about it 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 never it's not ever convincing to people rare just hardly ever or I'm not smart enough to do it in a way that's convincing to people yeah, it's well, I think it, having creative outlets and forms like what we're talking about, it's almost like I was saying with, with I mean, I'd, I'd been waiting probably 10 years to deliver that first college lecture, man, mm-hmm. which I just did. 
uh, Tuesday. That's awesome. Because they canceled my first class because of cold weather. Boo. Yeah, it's like they're like, we're not open until 10. My class oh is my at gosh. 8. Then Thursday, it was like, here, uh, tell them about the syllabus that we made for you. Oh, so it was all housekeeping stuff. Great. And then, uh, so like Tuesday, I'm like, I'm just going to sweep in yeah. here and assassinate you guys yeah. with this Mongol information. And like several of the students afterwards and the next day, like one of them came to my office and was asking me about a paper topic. And she's like, I just really love how you were talking about these facts that mm -hmm. made me think about like the bigger picture yeah. instead of just what the book says. And right. I'm like, yeah, your book gives like three pages on the Mongols and six in a bigger context of how they related to right. it. And I'm like, but once you know the story, well, and it, she was, I told, I interwove women into the story a lot and talked about like the amount of rape that went on, sadly. Yeah. And some of and a couple of the stories of how that went on and uh, Genghis Khan's, wives oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's well, it i don't know much about that part of history either. man let me give you a recommendation right here because okay. a lot of what i did on my lecture notes i took from dan carlin's hardcore I history love dan carlin. dude have you listened to wrath of the cons no oh, i've done each World one's about War an hour and a half okay. oh dude blueprint for armageddon uh-huh that is such a good series when he talks about the german army marching through yep. like poland he, all day i mean you talk about sincerity the I tell people that all the time that sincerity is what's convincing. He, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be in the studio with him. He's like going through that and he's just so. When he reads the quotes. Yeah. Man. Okay. Uh, like he, cause he, so what's uh, the yeah. name of the games? Uh, Wrath of the cons. Okay. It's like a five parter, but like, you know, on the blueprint for Armageddon, I believe like each one of them is like three hours long or something Yeah. on um, this one. Uh, they're like an hour and a half, maybe the longest one's two hours. So like I've frequently, I've just been just, I listened to all of them a couple, like a couple of years ago, Love like driving that. to Vegas or something. And I went back and re-listened to all of them. That's great. Just to, and it, there's a lot of stuff that I did not bring to class. I mean, you know, man, a, a survey gen ed world history course, I've already gone above and beyond on that topic, Yeah. but I was like, I really pretexted it. I was like, you know, and them going out of power is what enables the Renaissance, the Crusades mm. is what enables them to take over in the Middle wow. East. And, you know, then you have the rise of Genoa, which is where Columbus is from. And the Mongols can't protect the Silk Roads anymore. They protected the Silk okay. Roads. So European monarchs no longer can have merchants trade across land. Wow. Therefore, that is why Columbus set sail to try and find a trade route to India or Asia. Unbelievable. Like there is a bigger, yeah. broader connection there, and I'm yeah. like, in the I just I didn't even really get that, and I'm like, that's because most of the survey books they give you three, three pages on yeah, a major. And it's like they try to do like the interesting facts or like the little like cereal box factoids, and it's like I know it's like Genghis it's Khan fine. invaded northern China. Okay. And then then went down yeah. into uh, Western China, and then his son invaded into Europe, and then his grandson did this and met Marco Polo. Like that's, and then all of them <laughs> together created this thing called the Mongol peace. And when that ceased to exist, because after Kublai Khan, blah blah blah, and uh, it, I was just like, wow, that's fascinating. And like Dan Carlin made a lot of those connections for me, mm -hmm. but I still had to I had to wrap it back. The book is really good with like good and bad like man revisionist history can get to a point there's it's nothing dangerous. about rape and in, in um or or you know the holocaust there's 20 to 50 million deaths attributed to genghis khan's reign wow just his reign not to count his son ogadai khan and his grandson 
And there was several wow. rulers between those uh, people because uh, luckily uh, Kublai Khan was able to pull it all together and actually became a Chinese emperor. Really? Yeah. But, man, it's like it, it's just fascinating to study that and to think like, okay, so at some point historians revised this down to this Palatable. very yeah, yeah you know there's no there's no disgusting stories here there's no right. violence there's no rape there's no disease there's i mean it's like they talk about yeah. the, the black death and everything but that was another thing is black death spread spread all along those roots and that was another thing that it's like led mm -hmm. to them not being able to control and they would protect caravans mm -hmm. i have a theory genghis khan once sent a caravan to a guy uh the charisman shah it was like hey we're both the best. There's no need for us to fight because I will take you over super quick. Let's just coexist. And that guy stole the caravan as soon as it got there and took it. It was like one of his governors or something. And he's like, sends, a, sends an envoy. He's like, hey, just give me the governor and I will let you live. And the Shah's like, no, I knew this happened. I'm cool with it. And in three years, they took over the entire Middle East. Wow. And the way that in which they fought, there's a there's a story I told um, where like uh, sixty thousand women, ages, and I might be off on the number of women. I'd have to look at my lecture notes. Were rallied up in this governor's city that had stolen the caravan. And listen, Dan Carlin read about like what the Khan said when he got there. It's like it was mine about the loot. It's like yeah. you will return every bit of it. And he mm -hmm. said the people that it got dispersed to are just bringing it back. Wow. He lets um, they kill every um, every military person there. They round up all the women ages seven and above, marry them on the spot to the Mongol troopers, where they consummate their marriage in the town square in front of their neighbors, friends, and family, in which several of the younger girls die. Wow. Marriage. Wow. Super, I mean, so you read that, and you go read the survey, a couple of pages in the World Civ book, you're like... You don't get that. So you get yeah. a compare and contrast that really brings it in, and that's what I'm trying to bring to the class, and it may be a little more upper, upper level, but when they go to writing papers and stuff, they got to do a paper for the course which I'm just like, hey, you could review Marco Polo on Netflix. You could review Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Mm -hmm. Let's be creative with this. I'm giving you a list of as many topics as there are students in this class. Yeah. Pick what you want to do. That's fun. So, yeah. Uh, but, it's man, it's exciting. It's a, it's a cool experience. And luckily, I only have one class. If I had five classes, I'd be dealing with, like, 200 students. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't be able to like be so be so personal. Yeah. So like I literally like talked to five students before and after class, like coming in, and they gave me an office too. Wow. Yeah. Like right next to my classroom. Excellent. Has nothing a, in it. One of those stand up desks that goes up and down. No. You should. I know. You're the one who turned me on to that. Oh, I forgot. I yeah. I yeah. I like I, I will get one of those it's, eventually. It's pretty awesome. I want to uh we've got an office over here on the other end of the house and then this room across the hall. Like and I need to. I'm gonna evolve this room up a little bit more. I've got some. Do you guys have a bedroom here, or no? Just sleep on the couch. Okay. We used all of our <laughs> like rooms. Like every room. Is... Yeah, it's like I, I, I told like there were nothing. There was nothing going on in these two rooms, and I told yeah. Cora I was gonna get a music room out of this house deal, and yeah. um, she's like, oh, you know, okay. And then I was like, and I'm gonna need this room for a podcast studio. Oh, you're brave. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. Uh, there's a friend of mine at the gym. He was on the first Life Unraveled where all we talked about was Star Wars. We were going to talk about national parks, but 
next time. He's a sociology professor at U of O, actually. But uh, I was like telling him all this. I'm like, man, how do you like secure rooms in your house? You know, yeah. like, you know, like from your wife, like, right. like she doesn't want me in there and uh, well, doesn't want my stuff in there. And he's like, you, he's like, dude, I have four kids. Like, right. yeah, you that's, don't. Yeah. I gave that up a long time yeah. ago. Oh, you're right. Like I have my office at the school. That's why. I, yeah, that's why I wear plain T-shirts every day. His office is cool. He's like all his action figures and stuff. Or when I moved yeah. all my action figures out of, like I got, I moved all my toys and stuff from when I was a kid out of my mom and dad's and we moved in here. I just went through everything and yeah. like gave him all my Spider-Mans and all my, and he's yeah. like, thanks, dude. That's awesome. He's a big kid with that sort of stuff. U of O is so awesome right now. What's that? The U of O. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I know some people that are adjuncting it like u of o moralton and tech really and i doubt I, I don't know i may do something like that i kind of like the idea of getting plugged in with moralton a little more mm-hmm. so they don't do a lot of online courses now but they're starting so nice. i'd like to be able to offer a couple of online u.s history twos mm-hmm. a couple of in-class civs or u.s histories and i just read the uh abraham lincoln book the nice. uh team of rivals mm-hmm. so good man uh so Did you good. watch the Daniel Day Lewis movie I came out a couple it years ago? It's, real, watch it's it really good. I read the book. It's um, it's I mean, like any Daniel Day Lewis movie, it's yeah. it's got um, elements that make it great, and they're pretty much all related to him. But the cinematography is good. Um, it's it's long and drawn out, obviously, but it's it's a great period piece. I I really enjoyed it. Link Lincoln is what I think it's called. We saw it in yeah. theaters. Um, so I remember we were like it was pretty packed and we had to sit like almost on the front row, but it was like on one of those sides that there's just like a few seats, like, like three seats or something. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, it's funny how your brain adjusts though. Right? I know. Yeah. Like nine minutes in, you're just like, your brain just goes, Whoop. you know, I remember when I was a kid watching things, um, in widescreen with the black at the bottom and the top, you know, like old well, Westerns the and stuff. Come were on. Square. Yeah. And then it would show movies on TV. It was widescreen. Yeah. Yeah. I still, like, I have to, um, one thing I've been learning is, like, the elements of Photoshop on getting things to appear is I need them to appear on a mobile device versus uh, a desktop versus a, a desktop laptop being the same thing. But that's uh, certain pixelations and that's resolutions and sizes. It's a pain. But um, I will say this. On our podcast today, yours will be one of the, and I'll go back and do this on others, but um, I've got a uh, a template in Photoshop that we uh we made up. I'll show it to you real quick. I saw that. Nice. Yeah, yeah he yeah. texted oh, me. Oh, yeah, that. Text he that texted to you. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, like, that'll be what people see when they uh, nice. hop on here. You get 16 text messages. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you ever listen to Joe Bonamassa? Man, I, I'm so far out of like, because I let Penelope choose the music in the car a lot and stuff. And so I love for people to send me new bands and stuff to listen to, but. The my running buddy right now is like my lifeline for music, and he sends me all the cool stuff. Look, yeah, I don't see. Uh, I have a buddy like that. He's actually just texting me. He's in Mexico seeing Widespread Panic, which wow. we saw last year for four days at the mm-hmm. Hard Rock Casino Resort, where you can uh, resort where you can uh, rent guitars and stuff. That's actually included. I did that wow. when I was there. Like you can uh, go to recording studio, the Hard Rock, and um, what's um, what is, oh man, I just went blank. What is that big tourist town 
Cancun. It's like 30 minutes down oh. the coast from Cancun. Or Cozumel. It, it's close to Cozumel. You can see Cozumel, okay. the lights from Cozumel, um, when you're at this Hard Rock Resort. And uh, <clears throat> But he's always played. He told me about Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa was playing guitar with B.B. King when he was 11 years old. He's like a Derek Trucks, a child prodigy. And we just saw him in concert maybe four or five weeks ago. He came to Verizon and only sold the lower bowl. Like he didn't sell any upper deck seats. It was like an intimate. Like wow. his, like I've never even seen someone. Cool. There's a limited number of tickets that that went out. Like he's like, no, it's a smaller show. Did two Zeppelin covers, but he's um he is something else as a guitar player. Definitely one of the best out there. Um. And I, I look at Colby. Yeah, you, you know Colby Talley? Yeah. Yeah, he's from Clarksville. Yeah. Um, or or Allie. I, I feel like, I, I kind of feel sketchy about talking about people's names on the podcast. Yeah, sometimes. I don't know what the... But Colby's name comes is. up like every podcast because I hang out with him all the time. That's he's funny. He's texting me. He's been on the podcast. He's a, you know, we went to high school together, but became like really good buddies within the last five years or so like yeah he's like probably one of my best friends yeah i mean he's one of my best friends like we hang out more than anybody i hang out with and have more mutual interests go see shows together he started doing some jiu-jitsu with me um you know he's a great dude i mean i was joking about him yesterday i was um we were doing a podcast and we're talking about game of thrones series which we ended up talking about everything and um I was like, yeah. he he started going off. He's like, now what do you think about? It? He was talking about history. You know, what do you think about this? And like, how did they blah, 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 these stones and these cuttings? And did he starts going this? He like aliens, bro. <laughs> and and like starts kind of getting off on that when I you know which I was riffing with him and we were having fun with it. And I told my history class that yesterday because something came up and I was like, how do you think they did this? Yeah, aliens. Yeah. And I was like, and I told him that story. They didn't. And uh, but it's uh. Yeah, we yeah we mentioned ancient aliens earlier. How that stuff gets out there, and ironically, and I never knew this until last year. There is a very big conspiracy out there about that there are no nuclear bombs ever, ever. I don't know that one. I haven't heard that. Like, one. here's the premise. Okay, I do love conspiracy theories. Nagasaki and Hiroshima were firebombed, not atomic bombed. Okay, and then after that. Your major powers, Soviet Union, China, and the United States, all used the idea of the bomb as a propaganda power play to, I mean, think about duck and cover and mm -hmm. all of this. It was like almost like the doomsday version of the space race. Okay. So if, you, if you've heard the whole space race, it being like a Cold War conspiracy that yeah. we said we went to the moon just to get, just because the Soviet Union, we had to beat just because they said they wanted to. So there's another, there's a, there's a B string uh, conspiracy theory on the NASA and the space mission, the Apollos and us going to the moon that says we didn't go when we said we went in 1969, we went later in like, the, like 1980. Huh. But um, the thing is, is like, there's all these photo evidence, like, at the blast center in Nagasaki and Hiroshima, it's like, why is this wall still here? Why is this brick wall yeah. within a one mile radius still standing at the blast center? Uh, and then they show pictures of Tokyo after being firebombed. It looks really similar. Mm -hmm. Firebombing is something that came along in World War II that was devastating. Yeah. Uh, the firebombings in Tokyo, if you read about that, are devastating. And let me pretext this. I'm not saying that I believe that a pom atomic bombs, oh, nuclear, nuclear, nuclear bombs don't I think it's exist. Official. Yeah, 
because uh, I don't know, I might get I might get fired from my job for <laughs> proliferating such information. But I'm always fascinated, like to view both sides of that. It's like, like people are saying that this is a thing, and I I know enough about the Cold War to kind of look yeah. into it enough. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. I love conspiracy theories because I think they're fun, and I I love the story of it. But it all, for me, it always comes back to. I just don't think they're that smart. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I, I agree. Here's the thing: like when it comes to conspiracies, people are a master of of none. Usually, it's like they know everything about JFK and nothing about anything else, well, or everything about I NASA. Mean, I just don't think. I, I I don't mean the people aren't that smart. I mean they. Yeah, oh yeah, that there's not some the, like the smartest people are like building electric cars right now and. Uh, launching private space companies you know what i mean so i don't think there's like this other secret, secret group of people that are like so much smarter than us that like so we, on we record even... you you don't believe in the psychic vampire Correct. global elites <laughs> yes like shape-shifting I mean, reptilians they, they can't even like figure out whether or not there's like a yahoo mail or a government email account and That's like what we're the, dealing with. The, these are the same group of people that are going to secretly kill John F. Kennedy and hide it from all of us. Yeah. I did. I love the story. I love the, in X-Files, I love the whole, I love Cancer Man. Oh, yeah, that part is the best. But in like the real world, like just like the pragmatist of me in me is like, come on. Like, yeah, they, that they, is, it it's, is, it's so, it would be so complex. It would be so complex. And like not one person, like it, uh, no, I, I'm totally with you. That's the disconnect for me as well. Is a is like a just as a history buff. Yeah, is like I just I, it's it's almost like can you really give that much credit? Yeah, to like three to, seconds of a video from a hundred feet away at the wrong angle. Here's some stuff that I do buy into though. That um, I've heard this and it makes a lot of sense. Like I'd like look at things commonsensical stuff. Have you heard of the um, like the online group Anonymous? It's like the V for Vendetta yeah. mask. Yeah. The conspiracy is that that's our CIA. The whole thing. That whole thing is. The, and it's it's more exclusively it's the positive See, factions it, in I, the CIA. I okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes some I just sense. I'm like, wow, I, somebody really laid it out there, and um, I was like. And sadly, I might have heard Alex Jones say that. I don't remember. But, yeah, yeah that guy's out there like a planet, man. Really? But at the same time, he's been right on a few things like Bohemian Grove. I don't know if you've ever looked into anything with Bohemian Grove. I don't but, know what that is. Uh, well, let me bring you into that real quick. That is a place in <laughs> right outside of San Francisco where the political on, elite. You, can we can we have some tinfoil hats in yeah, there? To yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we shouldn't be recording this. I, well, so R Richard Nixon writes in his diary that the turning point of his political career before he, uh, you know, got into the Watergate thing and caused our first unelected vice president to become president of the United States because uh, his VP that he got elected with his second term in office got impeached or had to resign. So he had somebody else um, become his VP who, when he Lee's Watergate. Okay. That guy becomes president of the United States. So, and I can't even remember if it's Carter or Ford because I stopped paying attention until Reagan because it got real boring there after 1975. 
no, we, no Vietnam War. NSA is coming in. I got his focus on different parts of history than Carter and Ford, but I think it was Jimmy Carter. I can't remember. I always so get them backwards. Reagan's vice president was. See, I can't. It's Carter, it Ford, Reagan, or it's Ford, Carter, Reagan. I can't Ford. ever remember. I think it's Ford. Yeah. If so. Magic device here would tell us. Yeah, which we could look it up, but no need to get back uh, back on. But um, so Bohemian Grove, he writes okay. it. And, and here's the presidents that are pictured at this so point. So this is on the ascension of his career? This is on the ascension of his okay. career. Because like, uh, he lost a presidential race in, to John F. Kennedy. Yes. So in between that and him coming back in 1968, so like the first, I'm going to do a bu big series, and I'm going to do one this month. It'll be the very first one. I'm, every month in 2018, I'm going to do a 1968 Unraveled. It's 50 years since 1968. So I'm starting with LBJ's State of the Union Address. So because the, what happened in 1968, Martin Luther King gets assassinated. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy gets assassinated. Martin Luther King and um, – I think it's uh I think he gets assassinated in April and RFK gets assassinated in June. Sergeant LBJ Pepper comes out. Yeah, hey, yeah. Well, I I've got a whole part I'm doing on like uh, Steppenwolf's Magic Carpet Ride came out in wow. 1968. Wow. So like I break it down by month really. But um like his state of the union's a great like I'm just kind of kind of overview that and overview. So it's like I'm calling it uh, 1968 unraveled, but the first one I'm going to call um the year the dream died. Hmm. There's a book out there that fan. Look at that. Really good book. Really good read. Um, really thick book. But in graduate school, they teach you not to read every bit of it. So really, yeah, it's called skimming. Oh, but I'm very um, anti that. Yeah, I, I mean, I am too. But on books like that, uh, I do quit books. There you go. That's a kind of a yeah yeah. I, I want to say you maybe even told me about that. If I yeah, especially nonfiction books. Well, this guy has an argument why I'm kind of going into music and television because uh, I talk about the top ten shows on TV in 1968, the charts for music, and um, what's uh, fascinating is he said because of all the horrible stuff going on with the anti-war movement in Vietnam and the Democratic National Convention riots and LBJ not running for re-election and that. Mm -hmm creating the rise of a political, um, corrupt administration with Richard Nixon that um, Americans during this time focused on more things like music. So like in 1969, you have Woodstock. Mm -hmm. He makes some cool parallels there. But back to Bohemian Grove. Thank you. Sorry. So now, I mean, I, I love telling people this story because um, it's basically where these people gather in this forest – and outside San Francisco, and they put on a play of sorts. And this is numerous political elite. I, again, I mentioned Richard uh, Nixon, Ronald Reagan, the Bushes, senior and junior, uh, have all been pictured there. Hmm. Multiple presidents throughout our time have been pictured there. Um, I may, I know I'm leaving out at least a couple senators, politicians. Um, Rockefellers, just global, what you would call global elite people that have that they're in the billionaire club, you yeah. know, and they're they are making um, making things happen for the world, or have an influence to some degree. But in in effigy during this thing, there's this big owl carved into a redwood. Okay. So here's the connection on the owl. 
is they believe that this is a um, weird rendition of uh, in the Old Testament in Ur, they worshiped a god called Moloch. Okay. You ever heard of that? Yeah. So Moloch is um, this owl god, and uh, there is a... They, it's carved into a redwood, and you can go see it yourself. Interesting. And that's, that's the, that is interesting. And they have this play where they have, this starts off, this guy goes, fools. And it's just really intense. I mean, it's like watching the Nine Muses. Yeah. You know? The Nine Muses. <laughs> yeah, bro. Remember when? Dan Stahl. Remember when, uh, yeah. Did, did, yeah didn't Luke Carroll drop an apple from the catwalk? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Plus, you had that little, had you, you little played the guitar. little guitar. Yeah. I was a Renaissance man. man that was great. That, that was, a was. Great show. I, I was rowing. Jesse Hill directed that one. Really? Yeah. The yeah. one with the guitar. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. That was. Those are good times. So Moloch the Al God gets worshipped by these people basically, okay. and they had this this crazy dude in this cloak paddle up like the play is happening across this uh, little creek of mm-hmm. sorts, and this guy paddles up in a boat and hands like this bundle yeah. to the people that have been talking on the other side and they lay it in front of this uh, owl mm. god and set it on fire. You can't really tell what it is, but speculation is that the, that's a baby. They're burning an effigy, okay. not an alive baby. So it's just, yeah. it's a play. Sure. Well. But if you go listen to the stuff they're saying, I mean, it's a very occult-centered event. So what does this have to do with the president? Why are the presidents? Why are future presidents? Oh, there? why do they go to it? That's okay. what everybody wants because to know. Because obviously, they want to wreck airplanes into buildings and then cover it up. Have you heard of Operation Northwoods? No. It is a declassified thing that they approached um, Eisenhower with and JFK. The Joint Chiefs did. It was an actual drafted plan where they were talking about flying a drone airplane into Cuba. And blowing it up and saying that we had American citizens on board and then trying to get – this is pre-Bay of Pigs – trying to get Cuban citizens to attack uh, Guantanamo Bay. You know, all of these crazy plans, and JFK was like, you're insane. Like, hmm. this is insane. But it was – but, I mean, here's the thing. The CIA is who came up with the Bay of Pigs. So when you have the rise of intelligence and agencies in this country post, I mean, FBI would be the inception of that. But um, the NSA, CIA, yeah. I, there's a conspiracy out there that NASA is a Cold War era intelligence agency. <laughs> in 1977, there was a yeah. lens NASA had that could yeah. le- read a license plate from one mile away. Yeah. So these are things that I'm like, well, that's fascinating. I know. it's, But I just, I, it just, I don't know. It just cracks me up. It does. I mean, it cracks me up too. Again, I don't I, talk about these things when I'm lecturing in class. I think it's fun, and I like the discussion. It is fun. We're but like, especially when, when you get there, bored. There is like a a point where you're like, wait, you you you, you, you understand that we're all joking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So sometimes I'm like. Well, see, there's well, not like that, on that's... so many things. There's not an actual like primary source. What like I mentioned yeah. the. Um, the Bohemian Grove thing, because that is just, that stands out. Like, I can't, obviously, there's no real argument that convinces me that there's no nuclear bombs. Yeah. But some people are, just like the, like, here's another right. thing. Well, that's, flat Earth. See, okay, I was just about to mention Flat Earth. Okay, go on. And here's the thing, and this is one of the things with the internet. I, I don't think that Flat Earth began as a real thing. 
I think it started it, and I just I could I'm totally guessing, get behind. What I, you're I saying. think that a group of guys, or not, not guys, just group of people, like group of bros or whatever, thought it would be funny to act like they believed in a flat Earth because it freaks old people out. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with these kids these days? What are they learning in school? I don't. Be-. And then, and so then, like the more they freak out, the more you like. Oh, we're gonna make our own website. We're gonna, you know, like in it. But then, what happens is, like, some people don't actually know, because like when they you're don't 16, know enough to not know. Yeah, you're very impressionable, and so like it starts as a joke, and then it becomes like the sliver of people that, you know, it's the same thing that happened with Slender Man, which ended oh, very fascinating. tragically. Fascinating. That's an HBO documentary about. Yes, that. and it's very tragic end of that but it's the same thing where like it starts as kind of like a game as like for fun as like a and then it just kind of takes on a life of its own which the the whole flat earth thing has yeah uh, i always love talking about the celebrities that are flat earthers shaquille o'neal like somebody was interviewing him i was watching this and and he's like they're like so Shaq, you know you believe in flat earth blah 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 and he's like yeah yeah, you mean to tell me we start digging right here? You think we're gonna hit China? Then we hit China. We start digging right here. Yeah, I mean, dude. Hello, Shaq. Funny Shaq's man. So funny. Yeah, but uh, there is a, like, a like bunch Shaq's, of Shaq's like, just a clown. Like he's just clowning. He doesn't. I know like, it's it's funny. Like uh, everybody's always trying to cite the what. And then too, this guy comes on Joe Rogan's podcast. Eddie Bravo is a big jujitsu guy. He is a big time flat earther. And the rumor is is that Joe Rogan is gonna have the number one flat earth guy come debate Neil deGrasse Tyson on would, his podcast. I would love to see that. I cannot see, wait. Like, the whole thing it it I don't know. I still don't I s there's gotta be a way to check on the internet, like trace that back somewhere where a group of people are like, This would be so funny if we could convince people that we think. Would you think that that group could be the Illuminati? Yeah, <laughs> it's be like it. they're, they're strolling yeah. us at this yeah. stuff. They're like, we're gonna get him. We're just gonna sprinkle. He's just gonna there. sprinkle it. Yeah. Oh, too funny, man. Too funny. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I almost just like talking about it because it is like I don't take any of the stuff we've mentioned in the last few minutes seriously. It's all like with a grain of salt. But it's yeah. like it's fascinating to one like what you're saying. It's like where did this come from? Well, and I am like, I am contradictory by nature so i love to just disagree with people in general and so i do i understand that side of it of being like yeah but what can you prove it didn't prove it's not why is anything anything yeah and so i do get that and it's fun but then there has to be like a reality check yeah this guy yeah for sure man there's got to be a point where you have to look at facts and real information and what -hmm. you know and what's what's happened and that's um, back to history. That's what I love about it is that you, you get to analyze these things. And I will say that, like, I do feel like in the historical community, without giving too much lip service to some of these more controversial things, they should, in a way, be shut down a little more instead of every everybody. Like, I'm here, I'm not – I'm, like, just talking to you. I have, did you know this exists? Did you know that yeah. exists? Whereas a lot of historians be like <laughs> – that doesn't exist. Well, that's when it becomes dangerous is because like yeah, you're trying gotta. to tell the story of the Civil War and there's like all these things that just exist on the internet that aren't real. But and yeah, so, people but they, were they saying they the Civil War into, was not fought over slavery was daunting and mind-blowing to me, which I don't know where you stand on that, but I was like 
Right. That most but, certainly was the yeah, the cornerstone like this, issue of yes, the conflict. A, yeah, and that's a perfect example, and that's why it becomes really dangerous. So you're taking away our southern memorials. I think, I, I think the flat earthers are funny, but it just worries me that people don't get it. That people don't get that it's a. Joke. You know why too? Same it's because you Tide have. Pods. I don't think anyone's really eating. That's Tide crazy. Pods. I just picked up on that. I and think I'm a like, couple people on? probably did it, but then they do like, look tasty. When you're when you're 16, anything you can do to get a rise out of grown-ups is fun, and I think that's what it is. I just think it, it's like the craziest thing you can say. Is, it, dude, is that ate, why you're in a punk band? I had a Tide Pod. Yeah, my life was so hard. I had to be in a punk band in high school. <laughs> dude, I know. It's just like, I loved it, though. I loved it. I used to see you wearing uh, these um, like plaid pants. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I, I want some plaid pants. I had plaid pants. pants. I had the studded belts. I had the, I, it cost a lot of money to look <laughs> that cheap. <laughs> too funny, man. That's why I like, uh, I remember in high school, like, um, like stores like Hot Topic got on my radar, and it's like that's where I'd always go when mm -hmm. I went to the mall, try and get a new mm -hmm. band T-shirt. Yeah, and then at some point we became like too cool for Hot Topic, even. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's posing. Everybody, that's, yeah. not like me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know that. Isn't that funny? Like it's yeah. just like there's like it, you get further yeah. and further. I it's know. like I get my stuff at the Goodwill. Yep. Yeah, that's like, yeah. I Which, get myself. I get my stuff from. Tommy's grandpa when he has a garage sale that no one else knows about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't get any more cool. Like this, I feel like what we're talking about is pre the word hipster even existing. Yeah. Well, know? I have on my SoundCloud, I actually have a song called When Hipster Wasn't Cool. And yes. it's a parody of the country song, I Was Country Before Country Was Cool. So back on that Todd Snyder thing, he telling this, he's telling this Garth Brooks story. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, and that's why I wrote this song. If tomorrow never comes. <laughs> and he talks about meeting Garth Brooks at the Grand Ole Opry or someplace and being like, hey, man, you wrote my song. And he's like, now, wait yeah. a minute. Uh, you know, sort of. <laughs> and he's like, now, there's a certain amount of creativity, that, you know, in the music. And he's yeah. like, huh. How about that? And he's like, he's like, I was kind of taken a taken aback that he was defending it. I didn't uh -huh. know what to think about it. Yeah. And then he's like, so when he walked away, I was inspired to write this song until tomorrow never comes. That's awesome. and that's when he connects Ooh, beer run and that. Awesome. And uh, he's like, if tomorrow never comes, I don't give a damn. And yeah. it just like he, he just really takes that's it great. over the top. But uh, that's awesome. Just Todd Snyder, uh, obviously looking to him. I. I, I do this for tags if we talk about things oh, that okay. I felt, but uh, also for things to look into myself. Um, I think I'm uh, the Bob Dylan song, uh, "House of the New House of the Rising Sun." Yeah, I think that's a similar story. Really, where he had just heard some guy singing that in a coffee shop or whatever, and then when he went to record his first album, he's like, "Well, this is a song I know," and released it. And then he wow. saw that guy later, and he's like, hey, I'm sorry I recorded your song. What did you think of that Dylan video I sent you the other day? I thought that was great. That was oh, Dylan man. at his finest. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Yeah, I thought about you as soon as I saw that. Um, yeah. Anyway, like, just because, like, at, popping back into the coffeehouse days, you singing like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Good times. That was originally a Dylan song, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Like, I never got super into Bob Dylan. That's just like he, most of his main songs are the ones. That was when he, that was like his first hit when he switched to like a and that was like a big deal. 
because he was like, you know, you talk about like, oh, I'm so punk, I'm too punk for you. Like, he was like the beacon of the folk m- music thing. And then he's like, I'm going to get some electric guitars. And all the folk people were like, no, how could how you? Could you? And he's like, and again, it's just Dylan. He's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't really care. Uh, that's what I like about, I mean, you know, we use controversial character uh, at times, but uh, I would say this, the story of Neil Young's career is that he did his own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it didn't matter who, who it would make mad or who, um, who he was playing with at the time. Yeah. If he was no longer into that, he went on to the next thing. Yeah. He just released his whole lifetime of music for free. Really, in like ten unreleased albums. Wow, his whole archive. Amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's massive. Uh, but yeah, we've talked about the political thing and uh, Floyd and stuff. Neil Young, uh, he as he got more political over time and wasn't old man heart of gold. Neil Young mm-hmm. started playing uh, more uh, controversial songs. People booed him out of the stadium. Wow, it yeah. was it was like uh, in the Bush. Uh, I think it was. Bush Jr. Yeah, Bush Jr. I believe he uh, did a tour where it was like anti-Bush, and Ro- Roger Waters did the same thing when Bush Jr. was in office. Well, that's what's so funny about, like we were talking about with Star Wars, is people say like, you look at a band like Green Day made the same album like fifty times in a row, and you're mm-hmm. like, man, why do they keep doing that? And it's like, well, it's because every time a band tries to do something new, everyone crushes it. Like you crush. You crush Star Wars for trying something new. Have you? Um, and then you also crush Green Day for making the same album over and over and over and over again. Have you heard of a guy? He's a he's a comedian, but he plays music with his comedy called uh, Rob Pavarone or Pavaroni. He has this song called Pachelbel's Canon in D, and it's where he's like he tells his story. He's like. It was thirty-seven notes or whatever. He's like, da na 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 na, and he sings it, and then he's like, and then and then this song it followed me everywhere for the rest of my life. Sometimes I give myself the creeps, and he starts playing it, and then he's like, suck it in, suck it in. He sings all of these songs all throughout. I am cold and I am shame. Da 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 da. Yeah, there really is like only three chord structures that. You just over and over. And, I mean, in all of the pop pop hits that he brought up, you're just like, whoa, that is, wow. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. Well, man, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. This has I've been loved... a lot of fun for me. Hey, well, man, it gives us something to do. I love sitting down and talking to people that uh, I've got a lot of respect for. Like I said, you're one of the first people that went on the list just because you're an interesting guy. Um, and... Put that, on, put that on my out. business card. <laughs> Interesting Josh guy. Wilson. Interesting guy. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but definitely, man, um, always uh, always looked up to you, and I'm glad that I can have you over for a conversation on any well, day of the week. I appreciate so. it. I really admire what you guys are doing with the gym and just uh, making stuff like this happen. So hey, thanks man. for having me on. Yeah, right on. Well, I'm signing off, my man. We'll see you soon.